everybody, and welcome to the Fundamentalists Podcast. My name is Elliot Morgan, and I'm here with my very special guest, Dr. Peter Rollins. Hello. Dr. I'm Rollins. a very special guest because I'm special here every, every week. Every single week. And <laughs> if you're not, there's no podcast. Yeah. Uh, this is a podcast where we explore the possibility of life before death, which is a fun little catchy thing, uh, a fun catchy way of saying, hey, life's weird. Let's talk about uh, how weird things are. And uh, last week, um, if this goes up in the order that we have done the the recordings in, we talked about socialism. And mm. so if you ever had any questions on what socialism is, guess what? Now you probably have even more. Uh, yeah. I have a little bit of a looser understanding of what it is. But we mentioned in that podcast, talking about another word that everybody likes to throw around right now, constantly, that everyone seems to think they understand what it means, that for a brief moment, I would like to chat with you about, Pete, that word's fascism. Fascism. It seems to me. Yep. I don't believe that you are a fascist. Oh, thank you. You're I welcome. appreciate that. <laughs> but I do think. But a lot of people say that I am. Right. I've, I've read your Twitter mentions. Yes. Uh, I do think you, when you disagree with me. Yeah. Or tell me how I'm wrong. I'm fascist. Then you are a fascist. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, I've, everyone who anyone disagrees with is a fascist. That Therefore, is, yeah. But. You can disagree with someone, and they can still be a fascist. That's yeah. a little lesson Freud taught me, Pete. What was that? Oh, you could you can be you you can be you can just be you can hold on. I'll get it. You can disagree with someone, <laughs> and they can still be a fascist. Yeah, that was that. Yeah, that is true. Because you can be paranoid, and your wife can still be cheating. <laughs> yeah. I mean, fascism is a little. Being called a fascist might be like being called a communist in the McCarthy era, and that it's a word that's thrown about a lot but not really yeah. uh, necessarily understood. Exactly. Much, yeah. It means um, so many things. Yes. And it means I don't like you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and you are out to get me, which mm. I think is another interesting angle that we could come at from this. Yeah. Uh, because, uh, yeah, the way that the word is being used right now is crazy. Yeah. Everyone is a fascist and fascism this and fascism that. But I will say I have felt in recent months like the criticisms that I would shrug off of our current administration, I'm not shrugging off so much anymore. I will mm. say, though, only in the m recent months. I feel like it has been a word that's been used so melodramatically that for me it's uh. lost a lot of poignancy. But now <laughs> that I'm learning a little bit more about what it means, I feel like it's a little bit more applicable. But before we get on to my little opinions on all this, mm. what's your hot take on fascism, uh, okay. Pete? Okay, yeah. Um, and me, I'm what worried. does fascism mean to you? Yeah, I mean, I'm worried about all sides at the moment. So yeah, uh, yeah, I was thinking about this. That I think right, there's a psychological definition, and then there's the economic definition, and then there's a philosophical definition. Those are three anyway that I was thinking about, and I think most people mean when they say fascist the psychological dimension. So I guess what you're saying is. A fascist is someone who is prone to authoritarianism, nationalism, and identitarianism. Okay. So, and that's definitely one of the main ways in which I think fascist, and I don't think that is actually, you know, that could almost be the personality type of people who are prone to fascism, is they're prone to authoritarianism, prone to nationalism, prone to identitarianism. And, and prone to authoritarianism doesn't necessarily, I'm assuming, mean that they are prone to be authoritarian themselves. They just are prone to feel most comfortable in an environment in which there is an authoritative, authoritarian yeah. figure calling yeah. the shot. Like kind of critique of democracy in a way, because that, that brings to the philosophical one is that, you know, fascists are 
uh, you know, not democratic. Yeah. Right. So it's more. In fact, if Mussolini's interesting in this, Mussolini was like, well, you know, the state is the will of the people. Just like so, the the state is a body, like a physical body, and there's lungs and hearts, and it all works together, and the head kind of controls everything, and everything goes to the head and comes from the head. And uh, a good society runs like a an org organism. Mm -hmm. And then Mussolini would say that, and if it's not working well, uh, what will happen is the people will rise up and violently overthrow the government, and they'll institute their system. And if they don't do that, well, they don't care enough. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> so it's that's like, such a fun. Well, if you don't like it, change it. Yeah. And as and so kind of he kind of really rejoiced in violence in a way. Like he said that violence Bring like, it on. Yeah. He says the will of the people, if it's not working, they will, you know, they'll they'll come up, they'll they'll fight, they'll overthrow. But it's so it's not very the will of the people have been so defeated as a result of living in an authoritarian society that they lack the ability to rise up. I mean, yeah. well, he says they just will lack the will and the will isn't there. Like whenever you're downtrodden enough, if if the system isn't working, uh, well, this is just Mussolini, but he is a, obviously one of the big fascists. But yeah, he was like, Top well, five, yeah, you tell you, yeah, right <laughs> in your Trump cards. Mm -hmm. um, the, your fascist Trump cards that yes. you've got. Uh, yeah, he uh, he would just go like, it's not democracy. That doesn't change things. It's uh, it's violence and violently overthrowing. Um, so he's like openly defending fascism. Yeah, Mussolini was a you know fascist. And am open. I like just a, is it just growing up in America that you just learn the, the even the word itself sounds terrible? So terrible. Yeah, when and what you're yeah. describing, even though it's obviously Mussolini doing it, it's still kind of like. It's so much more innocuous than the yeah. the like feeling I get when I say the word. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, one of the thinkers is a guy called Gentile, which is funny because he's gent to be gentle, Gentile, um, Italian fascist. His, you know, his argument, fascism philosophically, is simply the idea of. Here's how I would define it: being thrown a little bit on the spot, not knowing we we're going to no, do yeah. this. So, if but, it, yeah. I mean, yeah. But um, all the credit, get all the leeway. Yes, thank you, thank you. Uh, is that fascism is an attempt to regulate capitalism um, and and to avoid the class warfare of socialism. So basically, as a philosophical position, social uh, fascism is an attempt to basically save capitalism by regulating it highly. But uh, making it state. serve by the state, but it's still privately owned. So it's just the the state comes in and regulates and Chase holds Bank. up. Uh, Chase Bank, is that or any of the major banks that have been you know bailed out? Oh, bailed out, yes, propped yeah. up by the state. That's it. Like fascism usually grows at the point when, like in 1929, uh, like the fall of a of an economy, a fascist come in and you know kind of prop up capitalism. Mm -hmm. So it's a for but and the idea is. That uh, for the sake of the nation, and then they want to avoid the class warfare of socialism. So the idea is that we're a body; everybody has a place in the body. The leader is the will of the people, and uh, if if there's some group uh, that are kind of not working in line with the body, they're a cancer and they have to be cut out. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So that's fascism. It um, is philosophically. And economically, so economically, fascism is a form of regulated capitalism. I mean, I, I get all, I get all that. I guess it just seems like it always comes with a fascist. Like it seems mm. to always have the person, yeah, a singular person. In our case, it would be Trump. In historical cases, it would be the Mussolini's. And if the, he is, I don't think 
Trump right. and the fascists. But, but, but I'm interested that, you know, people do. I hear that said it's a, a lot. It's a commonly used, yeah. used thing uh, or name against him. Yeah. Um, I mean, whether he is Oh, yes, well, I, not, I don't know. That's the thing. I'm a structuralist, so I, as a structuralist, I always remain kind of agnostic, not knowing the inner intentions of people. But structurally speaking, I don't think America is fascist. That's the way I should say it, actually. But what would you call it, though, when we're continuously propping up these huge businesses to keep everything from falling? As a, like, we're using the government and taxpayer dollars to basically, yeah. would that kind of fit the bill, though? I mean, that's an argument that people like Richard Wolff, this good, good economist I like, he he kind of says that, that, that America could potentially fall into fascism if capitalism completely collapsed in America and then was highly regulated by an authoritarian government. Uh, well, but, what, what's but, going on right now that would lead anyone to think that our economy completely collapsed and there might be an authoritative <laughs> person in power? To, yeah. But like, I mean, that kind yeah. of fits. Yeah, but I, I worry because on all sides, and this isn't the problem, like on all sides, there are people who are questioning the legitimacy of democracy. And that is a problem, whatever side does it, whenever people start to question the legitimacy of democracy. But America's got so many checks and balances. So I'm not, I'm, I'm born from Ireland. I've only been here for eight years. But from the outside, I'm always surprised when people talk about it. Americans talk about America being in danger of fascism. I'm like, no, I, I'm from Europe and I, I've seen, you know, or I've read historically about fascist countries. And um, America- Do you think our size? Do you think we're just too big? Yeah, you know, and also have lots of great checks and balances, and lots of yeah. great institutions. I, and I, and I think the American independent, the independent spirit of Americans, um, uh, belief in democracy. I'd be very surprised. That's um, what I get confused on. Just to get p political for a second, there is this sentiment um, that you know we have to de Trump has to defeat Biden because if Biden gets elected, then we're going to be living in a socialist state mm. immediately. We're going to be Venezuela. When Biden and, is neoliberal, that's my main issue. Is there's right, no right. difference economically between the parties. But anyway, let's, sorry. you know, <laughs> yeah. what is truth? If, you know, the, yeah. the narrative is this. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 100%. Then, so they're yeah. going like, it's going to be a socialist state. It's going to be Venezuela. And I'm like, but this is, this is America. And we are, one of the things I love so much about being an American is that we do have this weird rebelliousness against the government that seems to be kind of bred into everyone. It seems like we all kind of are like, nah, I don't want to. I mean, regardless of whether you like who the president is, Americans have a tendency to revolt against things that they don't like. We yeah. very, we're very stubborn. I think that's a very cool quality about us I for the most it. part. I love it, yeah, America. Like, I love it. I love driving through America and especially small, like in the middle of the country. And there's just this real independence that's just fantastic. Just wonderful. It. And it's, it's wonderful. in your movies, old movies, not the new ones, but all these old American movies. Yeah. Like that John Wayne style kind of thing. The Americana <laughs> stuff, um, yeah. even like the beatnik stuff, all that stuff, like the, the American... American culture is pretty cool. Yeah. Right? It doesn't get enough credit for how yeah. cool it at least used to be. Yeah. Um, which is, that just makes, that sounds like a get off my lawn uh, <laughs> type of moment. But w in my mind, when it comes to the idea of fascism and socialism and all that stuff, because what was the scale you said last week? It was like, uh, well, let me get through this. I want to know what that yeah. was also. But like, I don't know what the fear is. I don't know what the fear is because if something goes bad if in this country, we have a tendency to fix it. Mm -hmm. And so if there is a situation, say, where there could be something we do to get people more health care and people go, well, that's just going to lead us into socialism and slash communism slash all this stuff. Isn't it worth discussing at least a little bit to be like, well, why don't we just try it? And then if that starts to happen, 
we will go full American on the situation <laughs> and we'll we'll fix we'll make sure people can keep their health care, but we're not gonna fall into that kind of yeah. state. Like I feel like that's a pretty reasonable position, but it doesn't seem like people uh, want that. They they have a very pessimistic, almost hopeless view of what um or a, a powerlessness. Um, and it's ironic that it, it tends to come from the more patriotic uh, sects of yeah. the country. Yeah. I mean, I guess when... That sounded like I had a real important point to make there. That I didn't was, have that any... Was there's a pause there, like, hmm, let's yeah, reflect. Well, let's, let's think about that. <laughs> mm. <laughs> wow, deep. Uh, I like it. Um, but yeah, whenever capitalism starts to fail, I guess nationalism and socialism become live options. And then mm. the extreme form of nationalism is fascism, the extreme form of socialism... Uh, you could call it communism, but maybe <laughs> Stalinism. But say so that's the use okay. of those terms. So the extreme form of socialism, Stalinism, the extremist form of nationalism is is fascism. And those are the two options that come up whenever capitalism starts to fail. Also, then there's maybe Keynesianism, which is a form of kind of like propping up capitalism and okay. the less aggressive. So that's what I think is happening is that there are some people who are drawn more to socialism at the moment because of certain problems, certain discontent within capitalism, alienation within the workplace, uh, financial instability. All of this was all happening. Then COVID comes along, et cetera, et cetera. So some people are being more drawn to socialism and then some of them become what's called tankies. Tankies are like socialists who want to, you know, get the tanks in. Yeah. Um, like kind of Stalinist, uh, you know, and usually they, they, they're, they're like that because they're safe. You know, to be a tanky is to be like, you know, very aggressive on a keyboard. But anyway, there's so huh. some people are becoming tankies and some people are thinking just about socialism as democracy in the workplace. And then some people are becoming more nationalistic, um, which is not necessarily a bad thing in itself, but that's more on the right. And then some of them are becoming more fascist. Yeah. Yeah. It's I think that's how it's it's playing out. Yeah, and the conservative, I mean, I, I think it's a certain sense of nationalism, I think, is is beautiful and wonderful and and, and very fun. Um, but it's interesting that it's it's on the right because it's a small, you know, the Republican thing is like small yeah. government. But I find it really weird. More more. Yeah, I, when I first moved to America, I found it so weird when you guys put out American flags and stuff. Because back where I live, if you put out a British flag or an Irish flag, it was an incredibly aggressive statement. It was probably similar to somebody putting up one of those. What's the, what's that very controversial flag in America? Oh, the rebel flag. Rebel flag. It would be like putting up a rebel flag, flag, Confederate flag. But so um, when I came to America, I saw these flags. It was very weird. And then I, and I had to learn that, oh yeah, no, that's just you know, a, a pride of what America is at its best. And even the rebel flag is highly accepted. Was it? The Re the Confederate flag still is highly accepted. It's highly accepted in some to, areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very, they love that thing. Yeah. And then is the contrast happening? Like, is it more unacceptable in some place to fly even cool. an American flag? Oh, yeah. Just a regular American flag? It's, I think it's weird here. Okay, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I I, mean, I would have thought in LA it would be now weird. You know, if you what know what I mean? Dude, you know what I've noticed? is uh, I'll get on Zillow to look at um, houses, a boy can dream. And so many of them, even in LA, put an American flag oh, outside yeah. of their thing. And I think it's it's like a, a salesman-y type of thing to do. It's smart. Yeah. I think it's a way to stage a house. But I was on my way um, this morning. I was going to the west side and I passed. It's on like San Vicente. There's this whole park and it's the sidewalk is covered in all these tents same type of tents where all this it's like a homeless you know little tiny city basically yeah. not unlike um what's the street the that's here uh 
I'm blanking on the street here. Street in LA, downtown LA. Skid Row. Skid Row. Or? Yeah, Skid Row, yeah. Not like that, but every tent had a giant American flag hanging oh. on it, and every tent was the same. And I was like, Whoa, "That's so weird," and yeah. I didn't understand it. it. I was like, "What?" I was like, "Clearly, it was give. It's given." And what's the message? It doesn't. I don't know if it's giving the message it's intended to give. Yeah, American flag, American flag, American yeah. flag. Just rampant homelessness, yeah. like yeah. crazy, crazy yeah. homelessness. And it made me a little sad. And I was like, "Is this? Yeah. This is. There's a problem. We have a problem." Yeah. <laughs> and that—that's the issue. Like the issue seems, I would say, is that when you know when capitalism, which it, goes through every like seven or odd years is when it, when capitalism goes through a crisis, um, people that discontent can go towards, as I say, can go towards fascism or it can go towards kind of like an extreme form of kind of kind of communism. Yeah. Um, and it, it's I think it's a, all a sign of like something's not working. It's a sign of something's not working and people are looking for an answer to it. Mm-hmm. And fascism is definitely one of the answers. So who was it he said? Walter Benjamin, I think, said that fascism is always the evidence of a failed revolution, right? There's, a, there's been a failure in kind of helping the people, and that failure is evidenced by the rise of um, authoritarianism, nationalism, militarism, identitarianism, or all of the, uh, the, the, the red flags. All right, Pete. Right. Let's play a game. Mm-hmm. You're building a society, mm-hmm. all right. You get a little tiny, you get a town about the size of uh, LA, two maybe a little, yeah, little tiny village yeah. called Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, no, bigger but you're than the whole of Northern Ireland. You yeah. have, let's say you have a city of a whole of Northern Ireland, right? Yeah. How many people is that? Seventeen and a half with million. your family. Who is it? With well, in Northern Ireland, <laughs> one and a half million. <laughs> one and a half million. Yeah, okay, but okay. I think so. Round up. Yeah. Um, what do you do? You, brand new. You can build buildings fully formed. If you it's need. like Sims. We're playing Sims. Yes. Right. Okay. <laughs> what kind of government? What kind of thing? What's the best option? Right. And you can have as much fun with this as you want. So I'm going fascism out of the gate because yeah. I want <laughs> yeah, all the power. Right. Yeah. Well, everyone likes to be a bit of a dictator. It's a little yeah. fun. It's fun. Yeah. So, yeah Why not? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, well, you would have democracy in the workplace, or yeah, place, right? Yeah. I, I, I like that idea, but I, I understand why people are... Skeptical, because it sounds like, oh my goodness, people have to vote on everything. But I go, no, 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 no. It's just, I would like to see the surplus value that's made by a country going to the people who created that surplus value. That's, yeah. that's it in some way. Yeah, hmm. that's, my, that's my main, I think that that's the future. I think democracy, like you could almost think of the history of civilization as the expansion of democracy into more and more areas of life. But of course, yeah, there are limits. Like you do want democracy in your family whenever you've got a five-year-old kid. Nope. You're not, the four of you aren't going to vote on what you're going to eat for dinner. Absolutely not. Right? You know, Because if there's more kids, you're going to be eating chocolate well, every the, night. Well, the kid, no, the kid's going to want vegetables. And I'm going to be like, <laughs> you know we have cinnamon toast crunch for break, for dinner. You know that. Um, so yeah, I think if I if you had a perfect society, you would have a democracy. It would be a socialist democracy. Would that be the best case scenario? Yeah, it's a way to say it. I mean, you mean the ultimate vision is, you know, you get to a point, well, yeah, no, that that that's social democracy. Yeah. Is that kind of the most succinct and that's different than democratic socialism? Um, or is it? I no, don't know. You know, that's democratic socialists are generally that that's what they're aiming towards is uh democracy at work. I mean some some socialists don't uh, you know 
aren't into that. I can't quite work out why not, because I don't look into it enough. There's a guy I respect a lot called Benjamin Studebaker. Yeah. And I don't think he likes that approach and he's very, very good on this stuff. Yeah. There's so. a guy I respect named Benjamin Shapiro. He's very, <laughs> yeah. very, very <laughs> yeah. into socialism. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, so the, there's three different types of fascism. We have the psychological, the emotional. Uh, economic. Economic, excuse me, and the philosophical. Yeah. What's the philosophical fascism? So uh, that... When I talk about that, I'm kind of going like, yeah, fascism is as a movement, I think philosophically is the notion that the world is an organic whole or the social body is an organic whole in which every part works together for the whole uh, with the brain or the head uh, being the center, being that basically the embodiment of the will of the people. And so it's the freedom of the state is more important than the freedom of the individual. The individual is represented by the state. And if, here's the irony, if there's a group of people, let's say the Jews, right? They're often the ones within fascism who are the people who- Let's just pick one. Let's just pick one. Is that some group that you have to blame for it? We'll call them uh, the Jews. Yeah, because within, and funnily enough, fascism doesn't always have to be anti-Semitic, but the most famous fascism of Germany was anti-Semitic, obviously. So a group of people or Jews are, are seen as the cancer that is- damaging the health of the body and have to be removed. They have to go. So yeah, so for me, fascism is all about <gasps> earth, organism, the people working as one, uh, wholeness, completeness. This is, to be honest, why I'm, I'm very critical of the new age and uh, because I, I see it as a as a, as having a fascistic kind of Let's dimension. back up. What? New age? Philosophy. Um, what's the other word? Is it new thought or something like that? There's another word for the new age movement. I think the yeah. new, new thought psychologies or something like that. Oh, they might have, yeah, they might've rebranded. Yeah. New age got yeah, a little yeah. too new agey for people, but why yeah. is that? Why and give an example and what is yeah. it? And what do you mean? So for me, right. Philosophically, if and Hitler in Mein Kampf is always talking about organic wholeness that, that we are. Oh, I see the oneness. Yeah. Oneness. Kumbaya, Kumbaya. We can all get along. And then the issue is, if you don't have that, which you don't in a society, then you have to create a scapegoat who you say, and because of this group of people, they, they're they preventing this, this organic system from working. So then you persecute that group. And then the irony is that group is what holds the fascist community together because it's the shared hatred of that group that holds the group. Mm-hmm. Therefore, if you ever got rid of the scapegoat, you would discover that your community is riven with conflict. So the conflict is covered over by your hatred of the the scapegoat. Yeah, they're the container. Yeah, exactly. So that's why, by the way, in Russia, the kulaks were the scapegoat in Stalinism. And they were so successful, right? The kulaks were wealthy peasants who had owned certain things and had workers. And so they were being persecuted. But like, that's the problem. And they were so successful that there were fewer and fewer kulaks, but things weren't getting better. So they had to extend the definition of what a kulak was until it got to the point where really a kulak was someone who thought like a kulak or would think like a kulak Mm -hmm. if they were given the chance. In other words, you have to have an enemy um, in order to sustain the social whole. So I think that's that's always the dark side of fascism. Who would be the enemy in your little society? Ah, uh, yes, you have to have an enemy. Somebody, I, I saw there was, a, there was Mitchell and Webb did one where the, the United Nations 
were having this problem. They realized they needed an enemy. And so they picked this guy called, I think it was Keith Chedman. He's a, he was a children's presenter in like the 1990s. And they were like, well, we've just decided that he's the enemy. <laughs> he's the and we were giving him 24 hours to hide. And then the whole of the United Nations is, we're going to find him. We're going to kill him. Yes. And when we kill him, everything <laughs> yeah, then everything's going to be good. So we really hope he can hide well because. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, please go yeah. hard. We are unified in our <laughs> hatred of this person. It's very, <laughs> very good. That's, so, I mean, they're, they're just geniuses. Yeah. Um, that, that's why, by the way, fascism is so militaristic because you always have either an enemy you're fighting or are on the verge of fighting, which yeah. keeps everybody together. Yeah, keeps For everybody. us right now, I mean, there's, I guess, it, we're, we're such a huge country that I feel like everyone can kind of pick their own. And I mean, I'm a, you know, a uh, big fan of the... Um, you don't like immigrants? That's what I was going to say. Yeah, is, yeah. Is immigrant. Illegal immigrants are kind of this, are 100% obviously a scapegoat for a huge portion uh, of this country. But I also think that other people on, say, the left have made it into mm, sometimes men, sometimes uh, black people. Some, yeah, I mean, every, it seems like different groups just have all their own little groups that they've decided that they need to hate for yeah. some various reason. I saw a tweet from someone who... Um, uh, you know, great, we're buds. And it was basic. she tweeted something that was like um, talking about how all presidents are uh, have been liars and they've all lied. And I was like, heck yeah. I was like, look, I was like, she's getting, she's getting it. Like they are, they're all terrible. They're all, they're all horrible. Uh, <laughs> great. Like let's, let's embrace that fact for a second. Instead of trying to prop up one or the other as being like a savior in some way. And, uh, and then I clicked on it and there was one of the replies, you know, where they replied to the tweet and it just was like, because men can't tell the truth. And I was like, ah! <laughs> I was like, I, was, I don't know. I'm, I'm yeah. not saying president should be the scapegoat, but yeah. I was like, it seems like you're making men out to be now the scapegoat. And don't get me wrong. I don't think men are perfect, but you get the idea. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, like yeah, yeah. more and more just finding a group that like, if only we didn't have men, then yeah. everything would be fine. And then you're like, I don't know, man, that seems kind of harsh. Yeah. It's a structure like of hypochondria where a hypochondria you know, they believe they have an illness and they think the illness is the problem, but it's what holds them together. While they have this illness, that's the reason for all of my anxieties, discontent. And then if they find out they have the illness, they can feel a little bit of relief because they're going, oh, I do have the cancer. And I knew that's why I feel a discontent. But the idea is if you're not a hypochondriac and you find out you have cancer, you're not libidinally invested in the cancer, so you can actually fight it. But if you're a hypochondriac and you you kind of need the cancer, so you love what you hate. In yeah. other words, what you what you hate is what holds you together. That's when you're in this bad scapegoating mechanism. Right. I so, almost yeah. I feel like you can you can very easily figure out who your scapegoat is by just mentally going who when I see them makes me irrationally uh, emotional or angry in any way. Yes. And I'll I mean it's the same which we've talked about and I've mentioned his name, but I'll give snarky replies to folks like Ben Shapiro sometimes because I, I am, can be a little bit of a jerk sometimes on the mm-hmm. internet, uh, and in life, uh, and in my relationship and in every yeah, way and yeah, as yeah. a business owner and as, you know, um, <laughs> but, uh, I'm like, what is it that I'm so bothered by in this other? And then I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. And then I can very quickly go, Oh, that's what it is. That's what I'm, I'm projecting onto him, uh, my own probably, hyper Republican, hyper success oriented, logic and fact based mental gymnastics that I do. And then going, he's so wrong. He's so wrong because I'm 
probably way too emotional it's, in my it's also it's incredible how much we all project as well like often the people that we hate most there's some dimension of them that is a disavowed part of ourselves and it, it might like be a, it might right? be like, the person's fame it might be the person's views but it's funny like if you get it, i used to do this when i was more in the religious world like 25 years ago but if you get someone who's really anti religion for example it's easy to get them to convert them because they're anti it so you know that they're actually invested unconsciously in it and so it's very yeah. easy to change. is it people who are indifferent or the ones who are harder to change because when you're really against something there is generally some dimension of yourself in what you're hating and until you can work that out then you know you're you you you'll be you'll you'll be invested in that enemy mm-hmm. and the funny thing is that Lacan said i think we've used this quote before but he said even if you're even if you're jealous right even if your partner's cheating on you your jealousy can still be pathological so in other words you think your partner's cheating on you and you're thinking about it and you're obsessed by it and then you find out you're right it doesn't mean that you're not paranoid and and pathologically jealous it just means you're pathologically jealous and right so I sometimes said this in the beginning of the podcast What's that? I said this exact, that exact, I attributed it to Freud, but I said, ah, you can, what, pa- ah. paranoid and your wife can still be cheating on you. That's the one. Ah, yeah. yeah but I got it. it wrong. I got both the quote wrong and he said it wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is the story of this podcast. Yes, it is. Yeah, but also yeah. I got everything wrong, but I knew. <laughs> yeah. But it was in there. I got it. It's in there. It. It's <laughs> over. Um, so say that again though, because I got distracted oh, yeah. by. So like the, the worst thing is actually, if you've got an enemy who is actually a bad leader, then you can hide the pathological dimension of your hatred in the truth. So you can empiric. So it's funny, like if you're, um, yeah, like yeah. it's a, like Trump can be a bad president. Yeah, and you can not be up at night freaking out yeah. oh, because Trump's in the White House or enjoying, <laughs> libidinally enjoying the 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 dislike. Right. Of that. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. in yeah. I a hundred percent enjoy yeah. it. Like yeah. I, I mean, it's yeah. it's so. It's like so fun. It's like a sick sense of fun. <laughs> Although, my, you know me, man. Uh, my, I, my worries are on all sides at the moment. They are, dude. We are <laughs> have, so beyond screwed in I, both directions. It's I have crazy. a friend. I have a friend. You'll be like this. Who was approached indirectly by one of Biden's advisors to see if they could get my friend to endorse Biden, who is. A religious leader, but like that's not allowed, isn't it? I thought that re- I thought you know, past religious leaders aren't allowed to endorse. I'm going like, oh, that's really underhanded, and they're not doing it directly so that they can't be caught. Nothing can be done, so it's through somebody, and it's an indirect thing. I'm like, that's just, I don't know. I mean, I want more details on it. I want, I want to know every detail about that. We can fill me in when this is uh, over. Because I'm yeah. curious what you're who you're talking about. I got some ideas on who you're talking about, but uh, I want to see receipts. But they're <laughs> they buried their trail. <laughs> Made sure they had no paper trail. But um, yeah. yeah, man. I mean, for sure, this is. I think we've pre- we're pretty good at establishing that there's a pessimistic view of pretty much both parties. And I think if it, if that hasn't been made abundantly clear in the past year that neither of these parties um, are necessarily great, then you know, yeah. I don't know. It's very strange to me when you see people that are like Biden. Oh, and I'm like, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah. Not many, you're yeah. not. You're <laughs> lying. That's you can't. I can tell you're not really excited about it. But um, anyway, yeah, yeah. who but, cares? But but you know what? You 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 brought this 
topic up because you're right. It's like there's there's a, a, a huge amount of discontent, alienation. There's a huge amount of financial instability, lack of social mobility. All of this has been happening for a long time. And now what we're seeing is potentially on all sides, uh, lack of the confidence in democracy. And we're seeing more authoritarianism, more identitarianism, and we're seeing moves towards uh, socialism, nationalism, and also then moves towards um, kind of extreme forms that's called Stalinism and fascism. Like this is all, ha we are living in a moment where all of that is is happening it's right all now. up for grabs. It's all up for grabs. Um, it's intense, yeah, and, and the fear that people have, and I think the sense of isolation is what worries me more than anything. It's the, the uh, people are really scared, and people are, I think, in their fear, latching onto words for either good or bad that, that they have no real n knowledge of, at least, I mean, maybe I'm projecting onto them, but I feel very like, it's like you're steeped in these words like a frog in a pot, and then you like think when you hop out that you have the definitions, but then you realize one day that you've never actually thought about what any of this means. Yeah. And then you Google it, and you're like, okay, um, that kind of sounds like what I thought it was a little, but yeah. it almost robs, like I feel like talking about this in a good way, robs the words of their like their power a little to just yeah. be like, this is what this is. This yeah. isn't so, this isn't someone breaking down your door with like a, a gun and taking all your belongings and then giving them to everyone else. Like this is simply what this idea is. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And that's it. That, that's why I think it's useful to be doing this kind of thing. You know, and there's Hopefully. lots of good stuff on YouTube. There is, and there's more people consuming intellectual content, but there is a huge amount of people on all sides just being sucked in by propaganda. I don't get involved in most news and that stuff because I feel it myself. Anything that you f you're watching that makes you feel a hatred or a kind of like, it really gets your passions going. I'm like, I'm a bit nervous about because I'm a big believer in, in rational reflection and that's harder and harder to do because so much is designed to make you angry. So much is crazy. designed to, yeah. It um, really is. Yeah. I mean, in, in to make, stop you thinking, to stop you thinking, to, to override that with violence. And that is fascistic. Like, so Mussolini is the whole thing of democracy and debate and all of that. No, what you do is if you think something is wrong, you violently, you know, try to overturn the government. And if you succeed, you set up your institution and if it works, great and if it doesn't someone's gonna put a gun to your head and then you're dead yeah yeah uh and who's gonna fight yeah i mean yeah. there's such a sense of hopelessness that's like no one's gonna but yeah. i mean i say that people are fighting and they're doing their thing but it's uh yeah uh, it's we'll see we'll see uh how it all plays out i think the most interesting thing is, or the, a good litmus test i guess for deciding whether or not you're watching something that is actually propaganda is to just figure out how often they say that they might be responsible for some of it. Like the if you watch CNN, if you watch Fox News, they are so it's all finger pointing. Like yeah. it is one hundred percent the other party is to blame, the other person is to blame. And uh, I watched a little bit of Hannity last night after the. Um, it was right after the story of of uh, Trump um, on record saying that he purposefully downplayed the virus because blah blah. blah. I read, but we all knew that. I thought that was not that wasn't a secret. Was Every, it? Everyone. Knew. Uh, anyway, but keep going. I saw that. I did thought it was a non everyone news knew. event. But and anyway, yeah. And then all those. Oh, this is impeachable. I'm thinking, okay, uh, all right, whatever. Um, 
but I wanted to hear what he he had to say. So he in in good form, Donald Trump went on a good unbiased interviewer's show named Sean Hannity, and I was watching the monologue because I thought maybe he'd appear in the first part of the hour, and Hannity was just like going off on Biden, and I was like, Biden, Biden, keep it on Biden. I could just like. If, as long as you talk about Biden, you don't have to talk about Trump. Stay on the offense. Stay on yeah. the offense. And it's just theater. It's pure yeah, just like, yeah. look over here, look over here. And there, and it's the same thing on and CNN not, and yeah, worse on, on, yeah. on MSNBC yeah. where they're like, this is it. And they're so, oh, I don't know how they have energy to even be, to be that emotionally upset that all these anchors are 100% of the time. I guess it's why they make, they're millionaires because they get paid to just go, oh, yeah. I just, yeah, you know, look, yeah, no, there it is designed to keep you at that level. But I, I'm not because I don't. I'm not even against. I know I don't know these people and what, but I'm not against them. I just think structure. Whenever you're one is engaging in politics, you you have to be a structuralist, which means you're not thinking about you know the intentionality and all of that. You're kind of looking at underlying structures. What works? What works and what doesn't? Yeah. You don't know people's intentions. Like I don't know if. Of anybody if they're authentic or inauthentic and I don't mind now if they were my friend I care about right. it when you're a friend to somebody you care whether they're being authentic or inauthentic I mean I want them to be authentic Yeah, I want them to be a good decent human being oh, no, but authentic set, people can be idiots right but right? I want someone who can set an example on a very spiritual level a very mascot level of like no, see I think that's a very that's the thing I noticed about Americans you want your leaders to be authentic Authentic, like in the in the UK, Just we don't vote for leaders. We don't we vote for parties because you go like, yeah, your leader can be ugly, they can be short, they can be lack of charisma. Nobody cares. It's not about being a certain looking like a movie star or anything. It's just you vote for a party. And you don't vote for a leader because you go like the leader is just the figurehead of the party. Right. But what happens when the other party that you don't, structurally speaking, agree with gets like a really bombastic, very charismatic leader and then wipes out, consistently wipes out the structurally speaking better party because they're playing a game. Like they're playing the game that your party isn't playing. Well, no, it's slightly different. You have to play that. But it's slightly different because the whole structure is different. Like although you have leaders... Um, the whole thing, like, you know, oh, all the debates you do and all of that is, is a bit but, different. But you still do get, like, Tony Blair was a very charismatic leader uh, in the UK. And partly that that definitely galvanized New Labour. Um, yeah. You know, and he was, you know, he's a very, like, you know, he was very involved in the Iraq well, war. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't good. Oh, but, yeah. um, but he was authentic and fun and charismatic and uh, Real. You know, largely seen as as probably not a, a, a good leader. I agree with what you're saying, though. And I think it's a great way to go about doing politics is just to go, what works? And then yeah. forget everything else. Yeah. <laughs> and just vote. Don't watch the interviews. Don't watch the whatever. Just go, your policy. This policy has been proven to work. This policy has yeah. been proven to not work. I'm voting for who's doing this policy. Don't even the I mean, actions and the symptoms, and you watch like, those, and yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, and then then you're good to go. But it's almost like how cool would it be if one year, one term, we just did blind elections, like you couldn't see the person. Oh yeah, they were yeah. just like, here's the Republican one. Um, we're not going to tell you his name. He's in a box somewhere, and this is what his stances are, and these are what the other people's stances are. They don't get a chance to be charismatic and charming <laughs> and real and authentic. They're just there, and then you vote for the issues and what would actually work. What a beautiful world that would be. Yeah, That's yeah. my society. Very good. Oh, yeah. I like that. What would we call that? You know. It's called Elliot, though. Yeah. That's so dumb. <laughs> um, yeah, any yeah. other thoughts on fascism? Um, no, I mean, I think so. Like, we talked about the kind of the psychological dimension and 
I mean, they have done studies and like certain, at certain times, whenever people are tense, we tend towards design an authoritarian leader. We um, tend towards nationalism. Not gonna, yeah, so I think we covered all of that. I don't yeah. know. If, no, I mean, it's I maybe mean, a short episode today. I don't think we've been talking for that long. I don't think we? we need to hit fascism over the head too much. People can yeah. do it. I think it's, I mean, it does, it still doesn't sound like a good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe we stay away from it for a little bit. Do you think we're heading there? Where do you see us in 10 years? Like, I, I don't see it go in that direction, but I do think that there's a, there's, there'll be a greater fight between the tankies and the fascists at the moment. That's what I'm seeing. And then I don't know what's going to happen. And I could see the, and I am worried that like, there's, so uh, how much do I say? Like, I'm worried that some of what's going on at the moment is a last ditch attempt by some capitalist organizations to, uh, prop themselves up and remain in power and they are uh, using the, the current situation in order to do that. Um, and so, yeah, you know, yeah. it could it could lead to a very low intensity civil war. I don't think that's war. controversial. Yeah, I know. Okay. That's good. Low intensity civil war. Yeah. I think that that's probably yeah. down the pipeline. In the meantime, though, I've seen in the past week, two articles, one was, uh, the coast, the ice caps, the, uh, is melting according to the worst case scenario models mm -hmm. that they had made, whatever that means. Yeah. And then the other one was from the WWF, um, the uh, World Wildlife Foundation. Oh, not the wrestlers? Not the wrestlers, okay. but wrestlers are also in danger. Okay. COVID is very scary. Uh, they're too close. Um, that's dumb. But uh, <laughs> the, the wildlife also, they're just like, these oh, species yeah, are getting that. decimated at a rate that is like irreversible. And I'm like, so on a positive boy. note, we, it might all be finished before we destroy ourselves. That's kind yeah. of, yeah, yeah, it's actually pretty, I'm like, I mean, yeah. I know every generation feels like their generation is going to be the last one. Yeah. And I think there will be some that survive and all that. But yeah, something's, it certainly feels like some kind of yeah. book is closing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's exciting time. Like all I'm trying it's to exciting, do yeah. is try to figure out, is this, is this a moment where a certain socioeconomic system might be giving way? Um, and, you know, what's that going to look like? But I don't know. Like my worry is, um, so China is, is a kind of state-sponsored capitalism. Yeah. It's not a common, and and I, the worry is that actually the next iteration is not is not late stage capital, but uh, state sponsored capitalism, and um, you know which means a weakening of democracy, uh, strengthening of state, um, and uh, those are those are dangers. I think those are dangers. That what my what I want to see is I want to see young people set up cooperatives, uh, local businesses, and kind of like do that, and then. The work that I do, which is helping people to be freed from this kind of like dream of having everything that mm. actually I think leads to economic and social destruction. And psychological destruction. And psychological destruction, yeah. So those two things I, I love think that. would be good. That's yeah. great. I think we got to come up with a different word than co-op. When I hear co-op, I think mm. of somebody who, who's all their clothes are made out of hemp. Oh. <laughs> which I yeah, think no, is cool. Uh, but yeah, yeah. co-ops yeah. that are like... Cool. Cool, like cool little coffee shops, cool ops, breweries, cool ops. Yeah, but yeah, you want a you want a hipster paradise. Yes, I'm okay <laughs> with that. That wouldn't be that bad. And yeah. still some big movie theaters. All right, man. Well, this has been wonderful. Um, yeah. I don't really have any final thoughts except fascism, bad, bad, and be kind to the other people. Yeah, democracy good. Democracy good. Yeah.